Hello and welcome to Net Zero by Current, where we bring you some of the latest Net Zero stories from the UK and Ireland. My name's Lena, and as ever, I'm joined by George. Hello, everybody. Now, if we jump into our first news snapshot, the UK was one of 118 countries to sign a pledge to treble renewable generation capacity to 11 terawatts by 2030 at this year's COP28 conference in Dubai. Now, the Global Renewables and Energy Efficiency Pledge was signed on the 2nd of December, signifying an understanding between the pledged countries that in order to maintain the collective Paris Agreement target, the pace of renewable deployment between now and 2030 must be accelerated. And more big news from the energy sector comes from the Department for Energy Security and Net Zero, who on the 1st of December confirmed the launch of the Clean Heat Market Mechanism. To be launched in April 2024, this scheme will require heat pump installations to make up a 4% equivalent of manufacturer gas boiler sales. Moving on to our third story, the Office for Budget Responsibility has decreased its electric vehicle uptake prediction for 2027 by 44%. The slowing market has led the OBR to publish a new forecast in which EVs will only account for 38% of new car sales by 27 rather than the previously forecast 67%. And finally for this episode's new snapshot, National Grid Electricity Distribution has launched a report to grant developers an anonymised view of generation connection pipelines for specific grid supply points. The Clearview Connect report will allow developers to look up GSPs in its licence areas, providing insights into technical data such as capacity and information on reinforcement works. Thank you, Lerner. Now that was our new snapshot for today. So if we jump into our first story, so it would have escaped no one's attention that this year's COP28 is now well underway. Beginning on the 30th of November, world leaders gathered in Dubai for the International Climate Summit, working together to find a solution to tackle climate change, of course. As you've already mentioned, George, one of the biggest announcements from COP28 so far was the pledge to treble renewables to 11 terawatts by 2030. This was signed by 118 countries, including the UK. George, you mentioned in the snapshot that the pledge links to the Paris Agreement. I'm assuming that this refers to the aim to keep global warming well below two degrees Celsius. That's absolutely right, Lena. But it's also in recognition of the International Energy Agency's World Energy Outlook report, which was published in October. And in the report, they said that three times more renewable energy capacity will be required globally by 2030 to even have a chance at limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius, which all of us are aware, is the last point before no return. And in order to attain the 11 terawatt goal, signing countries will need to strengthen their mutual collaboration. And this is both in terms of renewable deployment and energy efficiency, as well as building resilient value chains. Now, I'm glad you said that because faster permitting processes for renewables would also be a big help for this target, as well as the continuing mission to expand grid connections. Now, Dave Jones, who's the Global Insights Lead at Think Tank Ember, said that the pledge will take renewables to the next level and allow solar and wind to reach 40% of global electricity generation by 2030. But it is worth noting that he does warn that the statement is still no substitute for a global agreement and action must be taken to realise the pledge. The UK made a number of other renewable commitments alongside the Global Renewables and Energy Efficiency Pledge. This includes up to £40 million in new funding to the UK's Climate Finance Accelerator, which aims to support countries finance and deliver their climate commitments made under the Paris Agreement. It's also worth noting that in his COP28 national statement on the 1st of December, 
UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak announced an additional £1.6 billion of support for clean energy and innovation. Thanks, George. Now, if we move on to our second story, which focuses on the clean heat market mechanism, which is a real win for the decarbonisation of heat in the UK. It absolutely is. Now, the announcement itself follows a consultation which ran from March to June in 2023 and sought views on the design of a market-based mechanism to support the development of the market in low-carbon electric heat pumps. We've already mentioned that the manufacturer's heat pump sales must be equivalent to 4% of their fossil fuel boiler sales in the scheme's first year. So this would be from April 2024 to March 25. But it's also worth pointing out that this figure is going to increase to 6% in the mechanism's second year, so from April 25 onwards. Yeah, now these targets come from option one within the consultation and are actually lower than option two, which suggested a 5.5% target for year one, rising to 8% in the second year. In their consultation response, Desnes reasoned that the softer target provides more opportunity for the market to adjust to the scheme's introduction and give time for wider policy and market condition developments. And I do believe the way these targets will be tracked will be via heat pump credits, am I right? Yep, that's right. Tradable heat pump credits will be earned by manufacturers for each qualifying domestic heat pump installed, as long as it's certified under an appropriate certification scheme such as the MCS. Gotcha. Now, what about the hybrid heat pumps such as a heat pump used alongside fossil fuels such as a gas boiler? So these will receive half of a point. Gotcha. And so each manufacturer will have a heat pump credit quota to achieve by the end of the year, but they will be able to carry forward a share of an unmet target to make up in the next year. This carryable share will be increased from 25% to 35%. The number of surplus heat pump credits that can be carried over from the first year of the scheme into the next, on the other hand, was actually reduced from 25% to 10%. What this means is that if a company has surpassed its heat pump quota, they will only be able to carry over 10% of these credits next year to ensure that the heat pump uptake remains on a steady incline. So what happens if heat pump targets aren't actually met at the end of a credit trading period? So in that case, the offending party would then have to pay a fine of sorts. Now, the fine was decreased from the initially suggested £5,000 in the consultation to only £3,000. Desnes said it believes that this fine for the initial years ought to provide sufficient disincentives for manufacturers, whilst also providing confidence across the market that investment will be made in expanding heat pump deployment across the UK. Now, if we move from heat to e-mobility, George, do you mind explaining a bit more about the OBR's recent cut in its EV uptake forecast? Of course. So the slowing EV market has led the OBR to decrease its EV uptake prediction for 2027 by almost a half. It now predicts EVs will only account for 38% of new car sales that year rather than their initially forecast 67%. This is especially sad, as in previous years, the OBR's forecast for EV growth had been repeatedly exceeded by the UK EV market. For example, EV sales increased by 0.5% in 2017-2018, but jumped to over 13% in 2021 to 22. Yeah, now this jump caused the OBR to increase its assumption on the pace of the EV uptake in the UK to a 59.6% rise by 26-27 within its March 22 forecast, but the EV uptake seems to have hit a little bit of a bump in the road and has now slowed to account for 16.5% of new car sales in 22-23, compared to the OBR's March 2023 prediction of 25%. So that prediction was missed by almost 10%. Do we know what's causing the slowing pace of the EV market? 
Very good question. Now, the OBR gave a number of factors for the decreasing EV uptake rate. Now, one of these was that the price for a new EV relative to standard petrol or diesel cars has actually slowed. For context for our listeners at home, the gap decreased by 15% between 21 and 22, meaning that the price of a new EV was getting closer to that of a fossil fuel vehicle. But this gap has only decreased another 6% from March 22. And I'd assume that the relatively limited presence of EVs in the second-hand market is also not helping the situation. You're absolutely right. And the OBR also pointed towards the zero emission vehicle mandate as a contributor to the decrease in its EV forecast due to the five-year delay on the sale ban of ICE vehicles. Therefore, the OBR said it revised its EV uptake forecast to match the path of the mandate. To end the episode on a more positive note, good news for developers across the UK as the National Grid launches a report giving them a view of generation connection pipelines for grid supply points. What this means is that ahead of submitting connection applications or even whilst planning a renewable project, developers will be able to get an idea of what a connection timeline might look like at their desired GSP for seeing any potential hiccups they may encounter along the way. According to the National Grid, the report was informed by some of its largest business-to-business generators, such as Octopus Energy and RWE. So this could be seen as a sort of crystal ball for developers looking for the quickest, cheapest and most realistic connection point for their project? That's a very nice way of putting it. And not long after the National Grid announced its Clearview Connect report, the distribution network operator, UK Power Networks, released its open data portal that shows developers how many projects are ahead of theirs in the connection queue, as well as whether there are any fast-track flexible connections available. Like the National Grid's report, UKPN's portal showcases the increasing effort put into streamlining the UK's grid connection process, and ultimately getting as many renewable projects connected as soon as possible. And on that note, that was this week's Net Zero Roundup. All the stories heard today can be read in more detail by following the links to the current website in the episode description. Now, before we sign off, I do want to just mention that we have a very special Christmas-themed episode for you all in two weeks' time. We look forward to seeing you there, and goodbye. Goodbye.